Welcome to episode number 92 of the Inspirational Athletes Podcast here on the Always Lancaster Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Walk, sports reporter for LNP Newspaper and LancasterOnline.com, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. On this week's show is Hemfield alum Nick Glass. He's now on the uh, Temple men's rowing team and the Temple men's crew team um, down at Temple University in Philadelphia. His home over the summer recorded this about the second week in July. He was kind enough to stop in. Um, man, a really fun conversation. We talked about his whole entire uh, swimming career um, from youth up on through high school at Hempfield, where he uh, won several events in the league meets over the course of his career, mostly in the long distance events and the 500 free. Um, and then just kind of how he lands on the Temple men's rowing team um, at school there. Just kind of an interesting story going to orientation, seeing a video on possible sports and said, hey, I'm going to give this a try. I knew nothing about the sport. And uh, I know nothing about the sport. This is the first time in my career, not only on this podcast, but in my career, um, actually chatting with uh, somebody on a, on a college rowing team or rowing in general. Um, so forgive me if I sound a lot of ignorant um, asking some of these questions if you're a rower out there. But uh, if you know nothing about it, I think it's still a, a fun conversation just as far as like, okay, how many people are on a boat? Um, is there a difference as far as uh, how you row when you're at the front of the boat versus middle or the back? Is there a difference how you race on smooth water versus choppy water? Um, and kind of how you kind of go about in college working your way up from a freshman to the third third uh, eight or the second eight or the first eight. Um, Nick does a better job at describing it anyway. But, uh, yeah, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. One last programming note before we move forward here. If you like what you hear, feel free to hop on iTunes or Google Play. Search Always Lancaster Inspirational Athletes and hit the subscribe button. All right, with all that out of the way, on to our conversation with Nick Glass. Enjoy. I kind of like to start, um, at least in the last month or so, kind of icebreakers just to kind of get the guest mm-hmm comfortable and stuff like that so with that being said i know you as a swimmer um uh, do you have any like favorite athletes when you were growing up like i imagine michael phelps and stuff like yeah. or maybe you liked basketball more or whatever yeah no i was like i liked michael phelps a lot uh nathan adrian i mainly focused on like the the swimmers because that's what i could relate to um pretty much yeah i mean i watched football and basketball and stuff but never really any idols there one of those deals like where you're growing up and basically just watching the summer olympics and then you're like oh yeah. i think i'm gonna try swimming now yeah pretty much wow all yeah. right because looking at your body like you look like a swimmer now just as far as like how tall you are and the length and stuff like yeah. that yeah um when you were young what did you want to be when you grew up well when i was in elementary school my dad my dad told me something i forget what it was but it drew me to I wanted to be an astrophysicist in like fourth grade, so All right. it was, I didn't know how to spell it or anything. When my teacher asked me, it was kind of it's just because like I mean, you are in love with looking at the sky and stars. Yeah, and I, looked, I like looking at the that. sky and stuff like that. And my dad said, "Oh, you should be an astrophysicist." And apparently, they like design rockets, and that's what he told me. They design rockets and stuff, so that kind of drew me there. But did you ever follow through on that? Like, did you build rockets when you were oh, a kid and stuff no. like that? No, no. Right. I mean. We had like planes like that we flew up in the sky and stuff like remote control planes, but that's as close as I got. Do to. you uh, still take an interest in that stuff now? Like, are you a big space geek? Um, I kind I kind of like space. I think it's interesting and like looking up and like, seeing all the stars and stuff is pretty cool. But all right, I'm more of a business guy. That that transition into like business and in high school I got really into business and then numbers and stuff like that. Very cool. Um, what was your very first job? 
Um, my first job, uh, actually, I still have. I'm a lifeguard <laughs> at Lancaster Country Club. All right. Uh, I've been See, working there for four years. All right. So. All right, that makes sense because you're a swimmer. Yeah. Um, do you have any hobbies outside of rowing um, or swimming that people might not know about? Or uh, no, not no real <laughs> hobbies. I, I mean, I I like to work out. I like hang out with my friends and everything like that. But uh, that's true. I guess at this point, like no, you really yeah, have to yeah, exercise and all that just to kind of stay in shape. Yeah, and no, like improve on that end. Yeah. Um, did you have any nicknames when you were growing up, or maybe you have one now on the rowing team? I mean, my last name is Glass. My name is Nick Glass. I used to wear glasses, so people used to call me Glasses or like Glass just <laughs> by my last name. A lot of people just call me Nick Glass because it's short and quick. All right, but yeah, that's pretty so much it. So we're in contacts now. Yeah, yeah, we're right. in contacts now. Does the uh, the vision play a factor as far as being out in the water then, or maybe no, when you were a swimmer at Hempfield or anything? Not really, like not really, because in swimming I never, like I never had contacts or anything. I just put my goggles on like I didn't really need to see anything um okay. so no it's, I it's know, fine like, I never, if that affected you diving into the water or maybe in the longer distance events like kind of seeing how far you had to get to or no really. not right. really um when you I, I think this is interesting because I've talked to swimmers before like you're in the water so much and it's just like you in the water I'm kind of curious of like oftentimes that can can become pretty boring like especially the longer distances that you're swimming is there anything you did just to kind of trick yourself as far as staying interested during those times, like when, when you kind of lose focus? Like, do you constantly have songs playing in your head or anything like that? Sometimes. Or? Sometimes I had songs in my head. <laughs> um, a lot of times when we're, when we're swimming, like swimming a mile, uh, like in a race, I, they have counters at the end. A lot of times you just focus on the counters. And, like, the higher the number gets, the sooner you're done. So that's always good. But... It was mainly just like looking at the numbers and just doing strokes and trying to push through. Um, at practice, though, when it was long, just looking forward to the rest you got and uh, just playing, yeah, songs and stuff like that. Yeah, and we're going to get into that here in a second because you're obviously a long-distance guy, and that takes up a lot of your time swimming and practice, too. Um, did you have any broken bones or anything where you needed stitches? Is there any funny stories related to that? No, I've actually never broken a bone. All right, knock on wood. All right. Um, <laughs> your upbringing, just to kind of give people an idea, just as far as, like, how you grew up, like, are you one of many siblings? Is it an athletic household? I'm actually an only child. Oh, and wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my mom used to swim when she was younger. Uh, my dad, he was kind of all over the place. He played soccer. He was, like, a bodybuilder or something for a while. Wow. And then uh, – yeah, he was in the band, and does that does know, that translate now? Like, did growing or maybe in through high school, is he telling you, Nick, hey, you need to do this to get your deltoids or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he tells me to go to the gym a lot. He still does, even though that I'm home for the summer. But do you guys live together? No, right. no, not anymore. But all right, um, did you ever try any sports other than swimming? Coming up through in elementary school and my in seventh grade, I played soccer I played soccer for like six years yeah and then I played basketball when I was younger for a few years um that was pretty much it what position in soccer I was a defender all right that makes sense yeah Yeah. you're pretty uh you're pretty tall and lengthy which is kind of I don't don't know if it's unusual is the right word but that makes sense um 
As far as your fascination with the water, you were a swimmer forever. You're now on the rowing team or, or on the uh, men's crew team at Temple. The fascination with water, where does that come from for you? You seem to like always be involved in it somehow. You're a lifeguard I, this summer too. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I I remember going to the pool. We we live in East Petersburg, so the East Petersburg pool is okay. three minutes away from my house. It's not too far, and I, I've gone there ever since I was – two years old just running around or whatever and my mom got me in swim lessons and I I liked the swim lessons like I liked everything but I never thought that I would want to swim and then it was actually a friend's one of my friend's parents like was talking to my mom and they're like oh you should really get him to, to swim and my mom was a swimmer so she she was like oh yeah we should and then uh ended up trying swimming I was really bad when I was young. My goggles always came off. I was just, you know, just trying to make it to the, to the wall at the other end. Um, but then I, I liked it a lot and like the friendships and everything I made during it with all the kids, it like kept me going and pushing myself like in the water. Um, yeah, it kept me going all through high school. I loved it. I swam for nine years and I loved every like every second of it. Yeah. It awesome. um, as far as the numbers here w- with Hemfield, anyway, freshman year, eighth place in the 500 free at the L League meet, sophomore year, 2014 15 season, sixth place in the 500 free at the L League meet. Uh, also that year, third place in the 200 free at the LL meet, first place in the 400 free relay at the LL League meet. Um, I'll get to your junior seasons and senior years here in a second, but as far as the long distance events, how do you like? How do you come to realize over the years, like, okay, I'm better at these longer distances than instead maybe the, the speed, um, the 50 or the 100 or anything like that, or, or the breaststroke, butterfly, yeah, yeah. as opposed to the freestyle? Uh, a lot of it's time-based. So, you know, I may be faster in, like, a 500 than I am in, like, a 100 freestyle or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, and I mean, a lot of a lot of tall guys are kind of kind of distance oh, guys. So, right. uh, and it's also endurance. Like, I train I trained for a while in like a distance group, and you get used to like training that distance group. So you'll see your distance times for distance events like the mile, the thousand, the five hundred. You'll see it go down over time, and you know that's when you know like oh I could I'm better at this when it's constantly the time's constantly going down and it's just, it's just a feel. I, I kind of liked all the distance of distance events and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the little bit that I do know about swimming, obviously when you're not in the high school season, even in the high school season, oftentimes there's swimmers that are practicing like through the week with a club team mm-hmm. and then they go and swim for the high school team at the actual meets. Was that similar in your case too? Or yeah, no? we had, uh, at Hemfield, our, our coach, Steve Beck was really, he was really adamant about, you know, team, team bonding and like making sure we're, we're one team. So while we, we practiced at our clubs Monday through Thursday, but pretty much every Friday we had a a mandatory Hemfield practice where like everyone on the team would go to the, the Hemfield pool and we would all swim with each other. So, and the, the team was really close. Like I think Mm -hmm. that did help overall because we were, we were really close, like all through all four years, 
Because it's uh, oftentimes can be an individual sport. Like mm-hmm. you're in the water by yourself. It's not like you're, mm-hmm. you're doing a team concept. But you, a lot of your success in the pool anyway over your high school career was based on those relay events. So I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. of like how that played a factor as far as like how do you be a better teammate or how does somebody improve you as a swimmer if you're the only one in the pool? Yeah, it, the, the, the encouragement and everything is just unreal. Like you're swimming your own individual events. Everyone's on the side cheering you on, and it's just unreal. And a lot of the guys that a lot of the guys that I raced against or that I was on the team with, um, they were all also on my club team. Like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the guys on Hemfield were on similar club teams with other members of the team. So you developed like a bond through that club team, and then you know you go to Hempfield, you meet all the all the other kids. Mm-hmm. Like the encouragement and everything is just, I mean, seeing times drop from like all your teammates and everything like that is just awesome. Yeah, and uh, fast forward to junior year, 2015-16 season for Nick at Hempfield, third place in the 200 medley relay in the District 3-3A meet, second place in the 400 free relay at districts. Uh, made it to the consolation finals in the 200 medley relay at states and competed in the 400 free relay free <laughs> let me try that again and competed in the 400 free relay finals of states um as well that year so that's uh basically your first time in states i'm kind of curious as far as like the nerves going into that because that's probably the biggest stage that you were at to that point mm-hmm. in your career yeah it was it's definitely nerve-wracking i was the youngest i was the youngest guy on the team that went to states that year because our our senior class that year was packed with (laughs) fast like fast kids and i was on i was on two of the relays that went to states and uh it was it was intense but the you know everyone was so cool about it and like made me feel comfortable Mm -hmm. at states because i mean a lot of them have been there before so a lot of the seniors on the team that i went with had been there before so they knew what to expect, and it was just – they really calmed me down. They're like, okay, like, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to get up on the block. We're just going to swim as fast as we can, and whatever happens, happens. Mm. So – and I think that that really helped. I, You know, back to, like, the whole bond with your teammates. They were all – we were all really close, and that really helped a lot. Uh, fast forward to senior year, 2016-17 for Nick at Hempfield. Um, the team itself clinched its fourth straight LL Section 1 crown, the first class in program history to do that. I'll stop there and then get to the other accolades. What did that mean? That four-year run that you had, man, that was just incredible. Yeah. I mean, we know now, obviously, Enfield is usually always the powerhouse in swimming, but it's easier said than done, I guess. Like, it, you still have to put in a lot of the hard work. I'm just kind of curious where that accolade kind of stacks up for you in your career. It was definitely an accomplishment, especially, like, in swimming. I like swimming USA is fun and the club team is fun, but high school swimming was just unreal. The, the amount of hype that was generated, like throughout the LL league, like the rivalries, mm-hmm. Hempfield, Manheim Township, Warwick, uh, going up against everybody. It was just unreal. And to like go, go to the league meet and like watch everyone. Cause that, that was when we were in our top shape, we tapered and everything for the league meet. Uh-huh. So to watch everybody go all out, drop time and everything was, when you're it was unreal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then kind of, as you guys go forward here, Hemfield as a boys swim team, one wins the LL league meet first place in the 400 free relay at the league meet first place in the 200 free relay at the league meet. 
Um, first place in the 200 free at the league meet. Yeah, I just said that. Um, and then second place in the 500 free at the league meet. Um, I wanted to ask you as far as uh, a lot of those a lot of those events, uh, 400 free relay, 200 free relay, um, 500 free relay, I think is in there too. But the one that stands out to me, you got first place in the sole swimming 200 free where you're on your mm-hmm. own. I think that's your only like individual first place medal, I guess, of your high school career. Yeah. Is that accurate? What, obviously you have a lot of relay stuff and you've done a good job of saying how much it means to you being a part of the team. I'm kind of curious that individual gold medal that you get the first time in your career, what did that mean to you? It was really, it was really a cool, it was a cool moment because leagues, the league meet like all four years, I knew it was a huge meet mm-hmm. and each year I placed I placed fairly high. I got third sophomore year and, and whatnot, but to win was really, really cool. And a lot of the guys that I swam club with on Diplomat over at FNM, mm. um, I knew everyone in that heat okay. at, at that final heat. And it was, re- it was really cool to race all of them, but to win, I, I went out and I, I'd been working on my race plan or how like how I would attack the 200 free. What did that look like? What do you mean so, by that? So I knew the weeks leading up to it, I've, or actually months leading up to it, I, I focused a lot more on my underwaters. Like on my flip turn, I kicked butterfly underwater for oh. for as far as I could because my, my turns and my flip turns and everything were pretty good. So then for the weeks leading up to it, I trained 200, the 200 free at practice and like, tried to sort of see what I would do. So I, I took the first hundred out pretty strong. I just wanted to stay with, cause I knew the guys that I were racing. I knew what they did cause I swam with them at clubs. So I wanted to, I kind of wanted to stay, I wanted to stay out in, in front of the pack in the first hundred. In the last hundred, I wanted to empty the tank, like everything mm. I had left and still rely on my underwaters um, off my turns. And I think I did that. Um, and it, and it worked. I, I was really happy when, when I got done, I won a best time, uh, and to win the league meet and stay on the podium was really, it was a really yeah, cool that's experience. All, that's, that's fascinating. I can continue talking a little bit more about that, but I have some other stuff I want to get to. And forgive me for being ignorant of this. Cause, uh, I was trying my best. I, I don't think I had time last night as far as going back doing the research, um, senior year districts and States. What did you, or Hemfield as a team, what did you guys end up doing your senior year? Uh, at districts senior year, our, our 400 free relay, we got fourth or fifth and we ended up going to States for that as well. I don't know if we did for the 200 free relay or not, but okay. then in the 200, I didn't make it in any individual senior year, but I went a best time. I dropped two seconds at districts, um, which was a huge, huge accomplishment for me. I went, uh, one 144 I think it was and it was a fat that was a really fast heat that was one of the fastest heats I've ever swam in Mm. and that was really that was really cool I I enjoyed that and the 500 I also dropped I dropped a good bit of time and I'm not sure what place I got in that did you have any possibilities or prospects of swimming at the next level in college like oh definitely like I I swam for nine years and for the better part of those nine years I had like I planned on swimming in college and then decisions were made and I, I chose 
to go to Temple because I really like the campus. I like the city school and everything like that. Um, and then discovered rowing and yeah. everything went and from And we'll get there. to that here in a bit. I wanted to touch on the classroom side since we've been yeah. talking a lot about athletics because the classroom is the most important part here, uh, if any kiddos are out there listening. Um, what are you studying and, like, what's the idea there? I'm a finance major currently. Uh, I just finished my freshman year at Temple. Um, I think this, this year I'm actually going to declare a minor in, in legal studies, but I, I definitely like the, the numbers and I've always been interested in business, especially through, throughout high school. And, uh, I really like managing like the numbers and everything like that. I took a lot of like accounting and business classes in high school mm. and it just always had so I, math general as opposed interest. to like reading and writing and Definitely. stuff like that. It's kind of like the cager interest anyway. What's the, uh, the minor in legal studies? What's the interest there? Um, like, is that, is that lawyer or arguing a case or no, not, it's more for like business law, like the legal aspect of like finances The my advice, my academic advisor said, that's kind of like a common, a common pair to put with it. And there's different, I, I briefly looked it up this past year, but it's just another supplement to what your major is. Pretty, pretty, pretty. All yeah. right, that makes sense. Yeah, all right, so you hit on it um, as far as uh, as far as far rowing goes, and I know you kind of just said as far as why you landed at Temple. Um, uh, how does it – and I'm going to preface this by saying you're the first person I've ever interviewed in my whole career, not only on this podcast, but my career just as far as rowing goes. So yeah. forgive me if I'm ignorant on some of these questions. Oh, no. I try my best trying to do my research on the sport. How do you land on the men's crew team? Is there like a tryout process? Does a friend come to you and say, hey, you should give this a shot? How's that work? Yeah, well, don't worry about knowing any information. I know it's not big around here, and my family doesn't really know anything about it. I didn't know <laughs> anything about it before I, before I discovered it. Um, yeah, the, there, was a, there was a tryout process that I, that I had to go through. And actually what sparked my interest is I, I had decided on Temple, and Temple has a, a club swim team, and I was – I planned on swimming club at Temple for ever since I got accepted back at like December of my senior year. And I went to orientation, which was a few months before, which was a few months before the start of school. And they had this athletics presentation. It was a, it was about all the athletic teams, mainly for telling kids to get tickets and go join the student section and whatever else. And they showed this, kind of like hype video type of all the sports compiled into one video. And there was literally like three or four second, a three or four <laughs> second clip of guys rowing. And it was like two strokes of an oar. And for some reason that stuck with me. And I was like, oh, that, that looks really cool. So I come home, I tell my parents, I was like, I think I want to try rowing. They're like, what? Like, You've never rode before. You have no idea what you're what you're doing, and uh, I researched it uh, um, a good bit. And it's it was cool because rowing is actually it's one of those like it's a rare sport kind of. They actually look for walk-ons. They look for like these novice guys, like bit, like guys that they think would be good rowers. So. I ended up emailing our, our head coach, Brian Perkins, and I actually met with him probably a month before school started just to get to know it. Um, and then I attended some meetings when I got back, um, and tryouts were two weeks long. Um, it started out with 
23 or 24 guys tried out and they took on originally six of us wow and yeah so there was a tryout process and then we ended up getting on and getting into it so just uh, there are some questions that popped into my mind i don't want to stop you thank you for explaining that by the way is is yeah and you mentioned as far as like coaches kind of look for walk-ons interested in Mm -hmm. kind of trying sports but is there somewhere parts of the country where colleges actually do recruit like rowers out of high school is that even a thing somewhere yeah temple i mean temple recruits but it's just they also look for like talents that they like people who've never rode before like they say oh they might be good at so they might uh find some top athletes in other sports and recruit that they like, could yeah because around the Lancaster County area anyway and even most of the Pennsylvania like there's not high school teams with rowing teams there like is no. that is that a thing down south or out west somewhere in the states uh, down south a lot it, in Philly it's it's pretty big a lot a lot of these private schools oh, have right. have like rowing teams um, a lot of the guys on Temple are actually from like the Philadelphia area, all right. and we have we have some guys from Texas, Boston, uh, like all around. But yeah, I know it's not really big around around here. Like I I knew it was a, a sport, but I had no idea the high schools or colleges did right. it until I went to orientation that one. So day. you make the team. I'm I'm want to ask you as far as meet day, and then I'll kind of get back into the other intricacies of things for mm-hmm. those who are unfamiliar. Um, the meets or the races or, or whatever contests or however you guys describe them, mm-hmm. what do the actual events that day consist of? I know there's an eight-man boat, four-man boat. There's a two-man boat. Yeah. So mainly at, at Temple, we have uh, eight-man eight-man boats. Um, so that's normally what we what we all what we all race in, um, and it's split up into multiple categories. There's the varsity eight category, which is normally your top top eight guys on on the on the team, there in the varsity eight. Then the JV eight, which is uh, or the second varsity, and then the third varsity. Hmm. And th- those were the like the three main varsity boats that we were able to make up. And then we had a freshman novice category, which hmm. is for uh, freshman eligibility, basically. So all all the freshmen, all the recruited freshmen that were able to come in, and all the novices that were able to race in the boat. That's what it was for. And that's the boat that I, that I raced in all year. Um, and basically the freshmen, freshmen normally, I mean, the, the lineup varies, but uh, freshmen a lot of times race in the morning. A lot of times we race twice a day. So the freshmen would go and we'd race early in the morning and then we'd watch all the other boats race the 3v, 2v, 1v. Um, and then we'd sit around a little bit. And then we'd race again at finals in the afternoon. And then we'd watch all the other boats race and as well. And are the meets generally like on Saturdays and Sundays? Yeah. All right. So yeah, mainly kind of more Saturday, doable. Yeah. All right. So it's not like multiple throughout the week. Um, and the season itself, I was looking at the schedule last night. Like you guys are the whole school year, September through yeah. May, June, July, pretty much. Yeah. Like, there's a there's a fall, a fall season. And then in the fall season... We normally race, uh, I think it's about 6,000. I don't know exactly. I know on the Schuylkill, we race the entire river. <laughs> so it's, I think wow. it, it's around 6,000 meters. Um, and so that, that's pretty big. We, we train. Uh, generally on a Saturday, like we're, if you guys have a home meet, um, if you're on the freshman novice team, like what's the distance that you are rowing that day in the, in the one event, I guess? Uh, in the... In the spring, in the freshman novice, 
or for any boat in the spring normally it's 2000 meters okay. but in the fall it's longer it's like 6000 meters wow yeah right. and for those who are unfamiliar as far as like temple university is concerned i Oftentimes, I think people probably have seen this leaving Eagles, Phillies, Sixers games kind of coming up the highway. I guess, what is it, I-95 or whatever, and looking mm-hmm. out to the right, and there's all the row, row the, the the houses along the water there. That's where you guys compete. What is that place called? And, like, I, I guess you store all your boats and stuff there? Yeah, that's that's Boathouse Row uh, down there with all the, all the lights. All the boathouses have lights on them. That's where a lot of the clubs and a lot of the teams are. We're actually further down on, on – Kelly Drive, which is the road that runs along all the boathouses. Uh, we're further down. We're in the, it's called the East Park Canoe House. It's uh, almost at the, the top of the Schuylkill River where we race. Um, and that was actually just renovated, I think, two years ago um, or last year. And that's where we keep all our boats down there. And there's, yeah. And again, this is probably going to be a stupid question, but the starting line to the finish line, are you guys just one straight distance? Do you actually turn around at some point in the middle and come back? Or? No, we never we never turn around. It's just one straight distance. All right. For so races. Uh, you got to put your boat in one place and pull it out another. Um, as far as uh, the intricacies of it, I'm curious. Just I watched a video on the Temple website last night, um, just kind of about the rowing team going to the Henley, Henley Regatta. And just started thinking other things like, for instance, um, eight guys to a boat is there any difference between rowing as a rower at the front of the boot versus middle of the boot versus back of the boot is it a different thing at all yeah so it actually took me a while to figure this out but each seat means each seat has a different purpose in the boat so you have uh starting from the the coxswain who's the the person that kind of yells yells out you know maintains the stroke rate they steer the boat is that um, the person who's at the very front facing back towards you guys? Yeah, they they okay. face you. Yeah, they they're kind of they're kind of telling you what to do. They're barking at you the whole time. Uh, they tell you they their job is to execute the race plan when you're racing. So uh, they communicate with the coaches prior to the race, and then they kind of execute the race plan. They steer the boat and everything cool. like that. Um, and the people right in front of them, right in front of the coxswain, is stern pair, and uh, they're the stern pair basically sets the rhythm of the boat. They, everyone watches them because you, you watch their oars. They, they typically have uh, better, the better stroke in the boat. It's really fluid, mm. so they set the stroke rate, and you, you follow through with them. Uh, the middle four is called the engine room, wow. and that's mainly for uh, like the stronger like stronger guys. That's where I was. I was in three-seat. Um, and they, they just they pull. They're they're more normally the bigger, the stronger guys in the boat. Um, and then bow pair, uh, which is the first guys to cross the finish line. They're uh, a lot of times they're they're smaller and they they balance the boat a lot. Hmm. So they you know if it's wobbling, they they adjust their stroke to kind of balance it out a lot of times. So it all operates into one. You know, every component is really key in operating a, you know, executing the full. And essentially, and forgive me again, this might be a stupid question, is the goal, at least for those eight guys, when you're, when you're rowing, like, do you guys all want to have the same stroke at the very same time, putting the paddle in at the same time? And yeah. Pulling? Okay. Yeah. If you're, if your timing is off, it actually, it tips the boat so the boat will wobble back and forth if you're not, if you're not in time with one another. 
um, and you you up you maximize uh, like the the speed of the boat and like moving it along the water. That's when you're in time, it just helps it go along a lot smoother. You had mentioned you guys often race on the Schuylkill uh, River, so maybe some days the the water is really nice and smooth and clean other days you know it's mother nature and the water's rough so with that being said is there a difference in how you race when the water's smooth as compared to when it's choppy um a lot i mean we prefer we prefer glass like when the water is perfectly flat that's optimal rowing conditions but i mean weather does it, it does happen and a lot of times you know rain or or whatever um, our coaches, you know, always barked at us, like, don't let the conditions affect the way you row. Like, you can't let it affect the mm. way you row. You just got to push through. And, you know, I think on, I think that helped. Some of the, some of the days at practices, it wasn't the best conditions, mm -hmm. but you just got to, you know, you got to focus on what you're there to do, and you just got to do it like you normally would, even if the conditions were better. I was watching the, that video again um, last night, and maybe I heard him wrong, but I could have sworn I heard Coach, like, as he's barking out the, the orders as you guys are on the water, he's through his uh, speakerphone there. Um, stay out of the puddle. Stay clean. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. So, essentially, when you stick your when you stick your oar in the water, um, you, you come up to the catch, which is when you're you're all crunched up at the, at the front of the boat, okay. and you're your hands are extended out. You drop the oar in, and you pull back. And when you pull when you pull back, the oar goes forward and creates sort of like a a puddle. And uh, and the puddle, the bigger the puddle, it's normally the more effective the pull. The bigger the ripples are in the mm -hmm. water after you lift the oar out of the water. The bigger the puddle, a lot of times it's it means power. So, but you don't want to you don't want to be hitting the puddles as you're, as you're coming back or else it'll just slow you down and it causes resistance and everything. All right. All right. So you don't want to be, you so know, you got to get the, the ore up out of the water yeah. over the puddle. Okay. Exactly. And drop back. Oh, now totally makes sense. Um, what is the, the training uh, off the water? Like what, what does the training consist of for you? Are you in the weight room? Are you using the rowing machine, mm -hmm. the one with the fan and stuff like that? Do you guys do special deadlift squats different from other athletes or anything? Yeah. So we, we lift three days a week throughout the year, um, and we do a lot. We do a lot of deadlifts, squats, uh, cleans, and snatches, and everything like that. Uh, and we ha we have a specific weight room, and we you know we're teamed up on the weight racks with guys that are relatively lift the same weights that we do. Mm. Um, and then yeah, we a lot of times we do workouts on the rowing machines. Um, in the winter, we're inside. We do only rowing erg workouts the ergometer is the name for the rowing machine we do we do just erg workouts you guys have meets like in december and january though too don't you no At we least. didn't okay we i didn't, didn't know if you go out in the winter time on the no. water or anything like that All um right. so you we didn't we didn't this year indoors and stuff yeah like that. so we got to go on the on the ergs and do erg workouts and a lot of times during the fall and the spring we go and we do uh like workouts in the afternoon on our own mm -hmm. um whether it's just you know some easy what, what now that you're back home we're recording this what second or third week in july you're probably gonna go back to school another month or so like how are you are you completely taking a break from how you're training for rowing or are you no swimming I, or what no we consistent? have a we have a workout plan for lifting that our that our strength coach sent us so i've just been doing that um 
I've been rowing. I've been rowing a little bit, but I, I'm trying to do other other cardio workouts. I'm trying to swim a couple of days a week. Okay. Um, I actually just went to practice with my old club team this morning. I was wondering why you're sweating um, when you got here. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and then I, I'm trying to run as well, like swimming and running. I do. For like cardio, and then sometimes I hop on the erg. But what's uh, when you get back? Like, what's the the schedule look like for you? And what what's your goals? I know you said um, you know you were on the freshman or novice kind of string. Mm-hmm. Like, is it realistic to say you're aiming for that third string now? Or yeah, well, I I'd actually, I mean, the goal is to be in the the one V or the two V, the varsity or the second varsity this year. Um, that would be really good. A lot, a lot of the uh, the guys in the second varsity were uh, sophomores and juniors this year, okay. um, and in the in the uh, the one V, the top varsity boat, we're losing a lot of seniors that were in that boat. So there's going to be spots open. So they're just going to shuffle around the entire lineup. And my goal is to just get you know it's in the best boat that I can yeah. be in. Um, all right, last question for you. This is kind of the point where I like to ask guests if there's any uh, maybe driving philosophies that you live by that's made you a successful person or maybe athletes are listening to this right now. And I'm just kind of curious, you've been successful in your swimming career and now making the uh, men's crew team at Temple. Is there anything, piece of advice that you can kind of share with us that's made you a successful uh, athlete or person? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just think that, you know, I, I have my heart set on swimming for – the better part, like the nine years that I swam, I, I definitely wanted to swim in college. And, uh, you know, I decided on Temple and I, I wanted to try something new. Like I found rowing, I discovered rowing. I, I definitely wanted to try something new. And if I, you know, if other people are looking to try something new or whatever, I would definitely like pursue it. Cause I mean, I'm in college, I only have four, like four more years of doing whatever I want to mm-hmm. do. And then, so I, I yeah, I just wanted to try something new. And if anyone ever wants to, you know, go out and try something new, go, you know. Don't be afraid. Yeah, don't be afraid at all. Yeah. Definitely. Well, hey, if you guys enjoyed listening to today's podcast and you enjoy listening to the previous 91 episodes, so feel free to go back and listen to those in the archives. Last week we chatted with Penn Manor alum Cassie Klein. She's now enjoying her senior season with the Penn State field hockey team this fall. Next week we'll be chatting with um, Cocalico High School alum and current East Stroudsburg women's lacrosse coach, Zini Barakos, she was back coming in Lancaster County. It was kind enough to make time for us. With that being said, I'm always looking for suggestions for any future guests on the show. So if you're listening to this and think that you know somebody that that might be a good guest, feel free to throw me an email, jwalk at lnpnews.com, or contact me on the Twitter at jwalklnp. Nick, how can uh, folks kind of follow your journey moving forward here? Uh, I mean, just keep an eye out. Uh, there's you know temple men's crew instagram twitter accounts whatever mm-hmm. um so just follow them and we'll see what at temple owls is the uh, athletics twitter handle at mm-hmm. temple underscore m crew um and at nick underscore glass underscore you need to clean that up that's uh, a lot of <laughs> and uh alsports.com when is uh your guys first meet or event coming up i'm not sure it'll probably be uh, early uh, september Probably late, probably mid to late September, maybe early October. Okay, sounds good, but, man. Well, hey, best of luck. Well, uh, before we wrap up here, I just want to give a shout-out to my colleagues, Tyler Huber and Irene Snedder. They are the engineers slash producers of this podcast. Thanks to another colleague, Claudia Espenshead. She gets this thing online, so thanks to them. Thanks to you guys for listening. Nick, thanks for sharing your story, man. No problem. Thank you for having me.